Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, everyone. This is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021, and we welcome you from the WCWS HQ here in Trinity, North Carolina, as we present episode number 268 of the WCWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. This is, of course, WCWS Outside the Ropes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw on the line. Here with you, of course, coming from the HQ, as always, as we get set, of course, to bring you, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, courtesy of 411 Mania, your uh, pop culture, your pop culture, of course, history and birthdays here tonight. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you, of course, a few little wrestling news tidbits to get you set for tonight's edition of Revolution coming up a little bit later in the evening. If you wish to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here, of course, this evening, please feel free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, of course, as always, 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, 141-387-POUND. And press that one if you wish to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here, of course, this evening. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, as always here lately, our newest addition, of course, here to, of course, our, our pop culture news telling here on Outside the Ropes. We, of course, courtesy of the Amazon Echo Dot, we present to you, of course, uh, five stories coming, coming courtesy of our friends at CNN. And also to, of course, uh, bring that here to you here tonight. Let's go ahead and get started here with the following. Alexa, current news. Chad, here's your news from CNN. Hello from CNN. I'm Afoma Dike with the five things you need to know for Wednesday, August 25th. U.S. evacuation efforts are ramping up in Afghanistan with less than a week to go before the August 31st withdrawal deadline. The Pentagon says the U.S. military increased flights out of Kabul Tuesday to one every 39 minutes. According to the Pentagon, more than 10,000 people are still at Kabul's airports waiting for flights, the majority of whom are Afghans. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said the U.S. is in direct contact with about 500 Americans still in Afghanistan. For the remaining roughly 1,000 contacts that we had who may be Americans seeking to leave Afghanistan, we're aggressively reaching out to them multiple times a day through multiple channels of communication, phone, email, text messaging, to determine whether they still want to leave uh, and uh, to get the most up-to-date information and instructions to them for how to do so. Meanwhile, the U.S. is concerned about a very specific threat stream from ISIS-K about planned attacks against crowds outside Kabul airport. That's what a U.S. defense official tells CNN. According to the official, the U.S. believes the group wants to create mayhem at the airport 
and has intelligence streams suggesting it is capable and planning to carry out multiple attacks. Here's how U.S. Army Major General Hank Taylor responded when asked about the security threat. Well, as previously reported, uh, there is a threat. This has been a, a dangerous place that has had uh, threats by ISIS, and we continue to ensure that uh, we collect and keep the force protection uh, to the highest levels possible. Concerns about security increased after more than 100 prison inmates loyal to the ISIS affiliate in Afghanistan escaped from two prisons near Kabul as the Taliban advanced on the capital city. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol insurrection signaled that it will also investigate the security failures and attempts to overturn the 2020 election results. The Select Committee demanded documents from several U.S. agencies, including the Department of Justice and multiple intelligence agencies. A chairman on the committee says the panel is examining the facts, circumstances, and causes of the January 6th attack. Several of the letters request the documents and communications related in any way to former President Donald Trump and members of his family who served in official roles at the White House. The committee is also seeking records related to then-Vice President Mike Pence and a host of former White House officials. Moderna announced Wednesday that it has finished its submission to the FDA for full approval of its COVID-19 vaccine for people 18 and older. The vaccine is currently available under emergency use authorization for that age group in the U.S. If approved, the vaccine would be the second one given the green light by the FDA after Pfizer's approval Monday for those 16 and up. A man who appeared as a naked baby on the cover of Nirvana's 1991 album Nevermind is suing the band claiming the artwork is child pornography. On the cover, Spencer Eldon is seen as an infant swimming underwater staring at a $1 bill. In the lawsuit, Eldon claims he was sexualized because the dollar bill used in the image made him look like a sex worker. In a complaint, Eldon's attorneys say the image was pornographic and that Eldon suffered lifelong damages as a result of his involvement. Eldon has listed Nirvana's surviving band members, the executors of lead singer Kurt Cobain's estate, and various record labels as defendants. He's seeking $150,000 in damages from each of the defendants plus legal fees. CNN has contacted each party for comments. That's all for now. We'll be back at 11 p.m. Eastern time with the latest headlines whenever you want them and wherever you are. Alexa, stop. We thank, of course, our friends at CNN for bringing us some of those stories here coming out here today. And all, as always, ladies and gentlemen, the Amazon Echo Dot, of course, is a very useful tool in case, of course, you ever wish to uh, check the news, check the weather, of course. Uh, if, 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 of course, you don't also have it near a computer, you can always check about facts about different, uh, different, uh, uh, different uh, subjects and all. Very handy, of course, with a child's schoolwork or, or something to use for business. And also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you order something off of Amazon.com, you can always check the status, of course, of your order. Be sure to check out an Amazon Echo Dot here today. It is a it is very, very useful and all that. Of course, officially approved by the WCWS radio network. Uh, <clears throat> so, ladies and gentlemen, let's go on right ahead here and bring you, of course, uh, <clears throat> and bring you, of course, some of the stories courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com. Uh, we do thank our friends, as always, at 411mania.com for allowing us here in the WWS Radio Network to read their stories on all of our shows, of course, in addition to right here on Outside the Ropes. Of course, also Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, also Power Hour, as well as, of course, WCWS This Morning, as well as Wrestling Revisited, Wrestling Debate, and also, of course, uh, WCWS Sports Machine. And hopefully we'll be able to utilize 411 Mania on all of our on the, some of our other shows we plan on that we still plan on getting on the air here in in the during the second half of 2021. In the meantime, let's go and see what stories we have other sto- pop culture stories we have here, courtesy of, of as we said of our friends at 411mania.com, and these may of course come out throughout several days indeed. 
Our first story comes out today from Jeffrey Harris as Warner Brothers unveils The Matrix Resurrections title and trailer at CinemaCon. Day two of CinemaCon in Las Vegas this week saw Warner Brothers at long last unveil the first footage and trailer for the latest installment of The Matrix franchise. The fourth film, now officially titled as The Matrix Resurrections, stars Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, who reprise their respective roles as Neo and Trinity. Plot details are still not completely clear, however, it appears Neo and Trinity are somehow still alive, or their consciousness still exists within the Matrix world. The machine empire still appears to be farming human beings for energy. It appears an older Neo has forgotten his identity and seeing a psychiatrist portrayed by Neil Patrick Harris. However, he's given a red pill, and, appears, and it appears he's drawn back into the human versus machine conflicts. Conflict Neo still appears to have some of his enhanced abilities as well within the Matrix. How and why Neo and Trinity are still back in the light within the Matrix is not yet clear, mm-hmm. along with what happened to the appearance piece between the machine empire and the human race. Yaha Abdul-Mateen II's character appears to share a strong resemblance to Lawrence Fishburne's Morpheus from the original trilogy. The sequel also stars Jessica Henwick, Jonathan Groff, Christina Ritchie, Ellen Hallman, Toby Onamir, Max Rymelt, Lambert Wilson, and Priyanka Chopra. Movies directed by Lana Wachowski, from a script by Wachowski herself, David Mitchell, and Alexander Hemmen, based on characters created by the Wachowskis. The Matrix Resurrection <clears throat> will hit uh, will hit theaters on de- December the 22nd. So like it's just in time, of course, for Christmas. You could definitely check that out, of course, here indeed. Jeremy Thomas posted this story yesterday as the new Shang-Chi featurette previews the film's fight scenes. Shang-Chi arrives in theaters in a little over a week, and a new featurette takes a look at the MCU film's action sequences. Marvel released a new video that you can, of course, check out right here on this page with director Destin Daniel Cretton, Kevin Feige, Simu Liu, Tony Leung, Michelle Yeoh, Paula Chen, and Aquafina, all discussing the movie. The movie is set to open on September 3rd. It stars Lu, Luing, Liao, Chen, Aquafina, Minger Zhang, Ronnie Ching, and Florian Mutanao. It is described as follows. In Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the, the, hero, the titular hero must confront the past he thought he left behind when he is drawn into the web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. Or you can check out, of course, here the featurette here for this for this movie, of course, right here on this page. If you wish to, of course, check that out. Our next our next uh, story here. Jeremy Thomas posted a story yesterday as Netflix dates 42 original movies through 2021 including the movies Red Notice, Army of Thieves, and more. Netflix has announced a huge slate of original film releases to take them through the end of 2021, including Red Notice, Army of Thieves, and many more. The service, the service has a list of 42 films that have released in the remainder of 2021. That include the, the action film Red Notice, starring The Rock, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. Also, the Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence film, Don't Look Up, and others. Here are some of the movies right here uh, as that as was officially revealed by Netflix. Uh, won't, I won't, we won't say, we won't go into the full details of what the movies were about. We'll just tell you what the names of them are. Some may have probably already heard of it. But the story is on 411 Mania if you ever want to go back and read it. On September 2nd, Afterlife of the Party. September 3rd, Worth. September 9th, Blood Brothers, Malcolm X, and Muhammad Ali. September 10th, uh, Kate, which has a limited day and date theatrical release. September 15th, Night Books. September 15th, Schumacher. Uh, September 22nd, Intrusion. September 24th, uh, The Starling. 
It has a, a theatrical release date, though, of September 17th. September 24th, as well, My Little Pony, A New Generation. Uh, September 29th, uh, Sounds Like Love and No One Gets Out Alive. Both of those movies come out. In October, October 1st, The Guilty. Also, Diana the Musical uh, talks about, of course, the life of Princess Diana. October the 6th, There's Someone Inside Your House. October 20th, uh, the movies Found, Night Teeth, and Stuck Together. Also, um, also the movie Army of Thieves, as we said, uh, <clears throat> which is a, a prequel to Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, by the way. Uh, these two have, these dates are not official as of yet, but I guess it's going to be sometime in October. The movies Hypnotic and Fever Dream, which Fever Dream, of course, are going to release at, at, uh, um, in both theaters and Netflix at the same time. But they, uh, both these last two movies, Hypnotic and Fever Dream, do not have official release dates as of yet. In November on the 3rd, uh, the Harder They Fall has an October 22nd theatrical release. On uh, November 5th, the movies Love Hard and a Cop Movie. Uh, November 10th, Passing has an October 27th theatrical release date. November the 12th, Red Notice. Uh, November 19th, TikTok Boom has a November 12th theatrical release. November 24th, the movie Bruce comes out on next Netflix. It has a November 17th theatrical release. November 24th, Robin Robin. November uh, 29th, 14 Peaks, Nothing is Impossible. And we have a couple more movies that we don't have an official. We have several movies, actually, that actually four that are not officially, um, um, have do not have any official release dates as of yet. Uh, the first one, Seven Prisoners which will be released in at select theaters and Netflix at the same time when it does come out. But we do, do we, but we do not have an official date yet. Also, the movie A Boy Called Christmas, A Castle for Christmas, and The Princess Switch 3. Coming up in December, the December 1st, The Power of the Dog has a November 17th theatrical release. Uh, December 3rd, Shaun the Sheep, The Flight Before Christmas. December 10th, The Unforgivable has a November 24th theatrical date. December 15th, The Hand of God has a December 3rd theatrical release date. On Christmas Eve, Don't Look Up has a December 17th theatrical date. Uh, December 31st, the movie The Lost Daughter will come out on Netflix. It will come out in theaters on December 17th. Also, we have three more movies that are not officially there are not, they do not have any official dates listed as of yet. Back to the Outback, Mixtape, and Single All the Way. So, 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 so there is some of the stuff that is set to come out here for the remainder of 2021. When we get those official dates, of course, for some of those movies that uh, don't have any dates listed as of yet, we will, of course, let you know. <clears throat> Our next movie right here, uh, Jeremy Thomas posted this story on Monday as the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home has officially arrived. And at long last, we have the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home, and man, does it reveal a doozy of a plot point. Sony Pictures released the trailer finally after presented at CinemaCon on Monday, and here it is. The trailer reveals that after the events of Spider-Man Far From Home, Peter Parker, played by Tom Holland, finds himself and those he loves very much in the public crosshairs now that the world knows that he is Spider-Man. He goes to Doctor Strange, who is played by Benedict Cumberbatch, to cast a spell to make the world forget that he is Spider-Man. A plot point that echoes the infamous plot of the Spider-Man One More Day comic storyline, I'll bet with significant changes, Strange agrees to cast a spell, but Peter makes some mistakes during the casting, and it opens up the multiverse we get shots of hinting at the arrivals of Electro, played by Jamie Foxx, and the Green Goblin, played by William Defoe, where we get a full-on look at the return of Dr. Octopus from the Sam Raimi-directed Spider-Man films, which was played by Alfred Molina. The film is set to release on December 17th, 
And it stars, of course, Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jamie Foxx, William Defoe, Alfred Molina, Zendaya, John Favreau, Jacob Battalion, Benedict Wong, J.B. Smooth, and Marissa Tomei. Our next movie here for the film franchise we haven't heard about in a long time. Jeremy Thomas posted this story on Monday. As the fourth installment of the Beverly Hills Cop franchise is set to film in California. Beverly Hills Cop 4 is gearing up for production, it seems, and is set to film in California. THR reports that the film was among 23 films newly announced as tapping into the state's tax incentives program. The film is being produced by Netflix and Paramount, and we'll see Eddie Murphy reprise his role of Axel Foley. THR reports that the film will generate $78 million in qualified spending in the state as it films for 58 days. Among the other newly set films to shoot in the state are Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, Luca Guaganino's Scarface, and Universal's untitled John Lennon and Yoko Ono film from Jean-Marc Vallée. We look forward to welcoming this diverse blend of films and filmmakers to the tax credit program. This was said in a statement by California Film Commission Executive Director Colleen Bell. Plot details are still not yet revealed for the film, which will be directed by Adele L. Arby, and Bilal Fala, who did the movie Bad Boys for Life. So we will, we will, of course, like I said, keep you informed about more details on that. But of course, it was, it's, 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 good, it's glad to see the fourth installment, of course, of tonight's uh, fourth installment of the Beverly Hills Cop franchise. Jeremy Thomas, of course, posts this story. Uh, that came out on Monday as we have the first stills from Netflix's Cowboy Bebop reveal. Uh, <clears throat> and as they reveal Spike, Faye, Jet, and Ein. First images from Netflix's Cowboy Bebop are officially online, giving us our first look at Spike, Faye, Jet, and most importantly, Ein. The show's official Twitter account posted the stills on Monday. Of course, you can check them out right here on this page. They show off John Cho playing Spike Spiegel, Daniela Panetta as Faye Valentine, Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black, and even a shot of 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 the Ein, the Pembroke Welsh Corgi with enhanced intelligence. The series is set to arrive on November 19th and was developed by Andre Nemec, which was based on the anime series and original series director. Shinchiro Watanabe on board as a consultant it is described, of course, as follows. Cowboy Bebop is an action-packed space western about three bounty hunters, also known as cowboys, all trying to outrun the past. As different as they are, deadly, Spike Spiegel, played by John Cho, Jet Black, played by Mustafa Shakir, and Faye Valentine, played by Daniela Pinella, form a scrappy, snarky crew ready to hunt down the solar system's most dangerous criminals for the right price, but can they only kick and quip their way out of so many scuffles for their past finally catch up to them? Of course, you can check out, of course, Cowboy Bebop's official Twitter account, which is at Bebop Netflix, if you wish to, of course, read a little bit more uh, about it. Of course, it'll be coming out, like I said, on Netflix on November the 19th. So those of you who were fans of the animated series, which I saw a little bit of that, that was some killer. Uh, that was some killer stuff uh, from back in the day. So, Jeremy Thomas posted this story here on Sunday, as a film featuring the, the superhero Black Canary, starring Jernie Smollett in the works at HBO Max. Jernie Smollett's run as Black Canary didn't end at Birds of Prey, as the solo film is under development for HBO Max. Cinelinks reports that the Black Canary film is being written by Misha Green, who did Lovecraft Country, and will see, and will see Smollett reprise her, her role as Dinah Lance. Smollett has since confirmed the news right in officially on Twitter. Guess the canary is out of the cage, 
So excited to finally embark on this adventure with my creative soul sis at Misha Green, hashtag Black Canary, hashtag Dinah Lance, hashtag Let's Go Ah. Smollett worked with Green on HBO's Lovecraft Country, where she co-starred as Letitia Letty Lewis. Sue Kroll will produce the film via her Kroll and Company Entertainment banner. Of course, you can, like I said, read uh, Janae Smollett's uh, Twitter account if you wish to, of course, uh, wish to go back and take a look at that. That was, of course, left on uh, Friday. Of course, I can't wait to see what this is going. This this obviously is going to turn out to be pretty darn good. Uh, this movie came out. Uh, this story came out uh, on Sunday here as well. As Kevin Feige says, the release window is in mind for Deadpool three. Story, of course, came, uh, courtesy of Jeremy Thomas. Marvel hasn't forgotten about Deadpool, and Kevin Feige has revealed that they have. A tentative release window for the third film. Feige spoke with comicbook.com and revealed that that work on Deadpool 3 is moving along well and that a release window is tentatively set. Uh, we do, the Marvel Studios boss said when asked about a release window, the, the script is in the works and Ryan is working very hard on it with our writers as we speak. The film is currently being written by Wendy Molinow and Lizzie Molinow uh Loglin, who did Bob's Burgers, who are working with Reynolds to develop it. The film's connection to its previous entries is unclear, considering it is expected to be part of the MCU. The franchise has grossed over $1.5 billion worldwide between its first two entries. The film is expected to be rated R when it releases, and we'll see Reynolds reprise his role as the, the main character. Jeremy Thomas posted this story on Sunday as well. As Disney files a motion for arbitration in Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow lawsuit. Disney is seeking to move their very public legal battle with Scarlett Johansson over the release of Black Widow into arbitration. Deadline obtained a filing in the suit from Disney in which they requested that the lawsuit filed by Johansson be moved into the arbitration process. The motion, which was filed in Los Angeles Superior Court, Disney said it, that it had previously agreed with Johansson to move into arbitration in, in the case of any issues. The filing refers to Periwinkle Entertainment, Johansson's production company that was involved in Black Widow and through whom the lawsuit was filed. The plain and expansive language of the arbitration agreement easily encompasses Periwinkle's complaint, the motion argues, in a futile, futile effort to evade this unavoidable result and generate publicity through a public filing. Periwinkle excluded Marvel as a party to this lawsuit, substituted it said its parent company, Disney, under contract interference theories. The longstanding principles do not permit such gamesmanship. Johansson filed suit against Disney late last month, alleging that the Mouse House attempted to divert the film's theatrical revenue into Disney+, Plus, which harmed the actress's bonuses that she would have received through performance bonuses at certain levels. For their part, Disney's attorney has called the lawsuit a highly orchestrated PR campaign and argued that the studio fulfilled the contract by releasing Black Widow on 9,000 screens in the United States and 30,000 screens worldwide. Johansson's primary lawyer, John Berlinski, is issued a statement following, following the motion which read, after initially responding to this litigation with a misogynistic attack against Scarlett Johansson, Disney is now predictably trying to hide its misconduct in a confidential arbitration. Why is Disney so afraid of litigating this case in public? Because it knows that Marvel's promises to give Black Widow a typical theatrical release like its other films had everything to do with guaranteeing that Disney wouldn't cannibalize box office receipts in order to boost Disney Plus subscriptions. Yet that is exactly what happened, and we look forward to presenting the overwhelming evidence that proves it. So this thing will continue, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see, of course, obviously, what will happen, of course, as a direct result of that. And one more quick story here, of course, folks, before we move on to our pop, uh, pop culture history and birthdays. 
Jeremy Thomas posted this back on Sunday with the 411 box office report. The movie Free Guy actually holds very well to keep its number one spot. We'll go ahead and just give you a quick rundown here, folks, of how the movies, of course, did here this past uh, this past this past week. <clears throat> These are three-day domestic numbers here. Remember, this story came out on Sunday, so just keep that in mind. I uh, will start at the bottom, number ten. Uh, they had the numbers kind of wrong here a little bit. Number ten was Black Widow, uh, 1.2 million this past weekend for a total of 180.2 million. Number nine, Reminiscence. Had made $2 million this past weekend. Of course, $2 million so far for the movie. Uh, number eight was The Night House. $2.9 million this weekend. $2.9 overall. Number seven, The Protégé. $2.9 million. And then, like I said, $2.9 overall. Number six, The Suicide Squad. $3.4 million this weekend. $49.3 million total over, overall. Number five, Respect. $3.8 million. $15.8 million total thus far. Number four, Don't Breathe 2, uh, $5.1 million this past weekend, $19.7 million total overall. Number three, Jungle Cruise, $6.2 million, $92.5 million overall. Number two, Paw Patrol, the movie, $13 million overall. Of course, they made, of course, that's how, so this is his first release. This is the first weekend it released, and so far it's made $13 million. Obviously, of course, like I said, my great nephew obviously is a big fan of Paw Patrol. So obviously, he, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know if my nephew has my nephew and his my nephew and uh, <coughs> um, and uh, my, if my nephew has taken him, you'll see that movie as of yet. But hopefully, of course, hopefully that'll happen very soon. And number one was the movie Free Guy, 18.8 this weekend, $58.6 million total overall. So, so some big numbers here. Of course, obviously Black Widow has been out the longest, and of course it has fallen to number 10. But still, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, it is still, of course, doing well nevertheless. And, of course, this whole thing involving Scarlett Johansson obviously is not hurting the movie. So there you have it right there, ladies and gentlemen, with, of course, some of your uh, pop culture stories here, of course, here that has come out, of course, since this weekend. So we do thank 411 Mania for allowing us to read those stories here tonight. 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, 141-387-POUND. This is episode 268 of WCWS Outside the Ropes. Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw, of course, here on the line here with you. As the rest of the panel, we took up the handle, of course, like I said, or as uh, obviously, of course, uh, getting themselves mentally set to, to watch tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But we'll be hearing a lot more from them, of course, here this evening at 9 o'clock on episode number, I do believe, yes, 1033 of WCWS Revolution, 138055-POUND at 9 o'clock. In addition to, of course, your wrestling and pop culture history and birthdays, Courtesy of the human suplex machine, John Gross, and the soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming. We will, of course, get everybody's thoughts and opinions about last night's edition, of course, of NXT. We will also, of course, here get you some of the results in as, as, as they come in for tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite, which, of course, is the first Dynamite appearance of CM Punk. We'll tell, we can't wait to see that. And also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about the matches representing Monday Night Raw. From this past Saturday's SummerSlam event. So be sure to listen in on all that tonight at 9 o'clock, 138055 pound, of course, for episode number 1033 of WCWS Revolution, the Mothership Broadcast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what we have here in, uh, in our pop culture history and birthday here report. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, general pop, general, uh, pop culture, as well as, of course, movies, television, uh, music and sports, be sure to, of course, uh, <clears throat> uh, you might hear some of this, of course, a little bit said later on by both John and Justin, but, but of course, uh, but I'll go ahead and just bring it here, bring it right here to you. First off here, on this day in 1609, Galileo demonstrates his first telescope to Venetian lawmakers. On this day in 1718, hundreds of French colonists arrive in Louisiana. The city of New Orleans is officially founded. 
On his date in 1768, Captain James Cook departs from Plymouth, England on his first voyage on board the Endeavor bound for the Pacific Ocean. On his day in 1894, Japanese scientist Shibasaburo Kitasato discovers the infectious agent of the bubonic plague and publishes his findings in The Lancet. On his day in 1944, General Charles de Gaulle walks to Champs-Élysées in Paris after the liberation of the city from Nazi occupation. On a state in 1990, the U.N. Security Council authorizes military action against Iraq. And on a state in 1991, Linux, L-I-N-U-X, is born when Linus Torvalds, Torvalds sends off an email announcing his project to create a new computer operating system. Uh, some previews of some movies, television, music, and sports history. In movies and television on a state in 1955. The 16th Venice Film Festival, the movie, the movie Ordet, directed by Carl Theodore Dreyer, wins the Golden Lion. Today in music on the state in 1998, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill debut album of By Lauren Hill is released. It wins five Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year and Billboard Album of the Year for 1998. And today, of course, here in sports on the state in 1875, Captain Matthew Webb makes the first observed and unassisted swim across the English Channel in 21 hours and 45 minutes. And on the state in 1960, the American Football League begins placing players' names on the back of their jerseys. Hmm. On the state in 1955, 1958, excuse me, Momofuku Endo markets the first package of pre-cooked instant noodles. Of course, it was chicken ramen. Of course, we now know today simply is just ramen noodles, and you can get in a whole bunch of, of course, different uh, flavors. Uh, some, of course, uh, we have some infamous birthdays, of course, to bring you here, of course, here today. Let's go ahead here and let's go ahead and bring you some of those, uh, some of those, of course, right here. about that here folks uh, uh, let's see. today would have been the 491st birthday of Ivan the Terrible They would have been the 110th birthday of Vo Gian Gia. Uh, he passed away in 2013. Ivan the Terrible passed away in 1584, by the way. Today would have been the 102nd birthday of George Wallace. Uh, I think he was one of those that tried to run for president. Of course, he was one of those against... Uh, um, African Americans, I guess at the time, what have you. He passed away in 1998. Uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, would have been, and this was a very somber birthday, of course, here last year. Today would have been the. Let me see. Give me just a second here, and I and I will and I will tell you here. Today would have been the 91st birthday. Of legendary actor Sir Sean Connery, of course, best known. Of course, he was in, of course, the movies like The Untouchables, The Presidio, The Rock. Uh, but of course, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people simply just refer knew him, of course, as the one of the best uh, actors to ever portray the one and only uh, secret agent James Bond, 007. Uh, sadly, he passed away just last year, but he would have been 91 today. Also, ladies and gentlemen, happy 63rd birthday to famed director Tim Burton. Remember, he directed movies uh, to several notables, including Edward Scissorhands, the very first Batman movie with Michael Keaton, also Beetlejuice, also with Michael Keaton in it. But today he turns 63. And legendary uh, country singer known for his achy, breaky heart. Of course, the father of Hannah Montana herself, Miley Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus uh, today turns 60. So happy birthday to all of these folks here, of course, here today. 
Uh, today, I want to say in 1804, Alicia Thornton becomes the first female jockey in England riding at Nabsmere in Yorkshire. Hmm. On this day in 1749, British Admiral Samuel Hood, who was 24 at the time, marries Susanna Lindsay in Portsmouth, England. On this day in 1870, German composer Richard Wagner, who was 57 at the time, marries Franz Liszt's daughter Cosma Lintz, who was 32 at the time, at a Protestant church in Lucran, Switzerland. And on this day in 1885, Little House on the Prairie author Laura Ingalls, who was 18 at the time, Marries Almanzo James Wilder. Uh, of course, she, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Of course, we've heard that. So, but he was 28 when he married uh, Laura Ingalls. Some notable passings. Uh, James Watt passed away on the stage in 1819. Uh, William Herschel passed away on the stage in 1822. Michael Faraday passed away on the stage in 1867. Frederick Nietzsche. Um, passed away on this date in 1900. Uh, legendary astronaut Neil Armstrong passed away on this date in 2012. And, and of course, like I said, uh, uh, the man who ran against Obama for the presidency several years ago, uh, <clears throat> uh, John, Senator John McCain passed away on this date back in 2018. Uh, let's see here. Okay, and now let's go to our uh, movies and television, of course, here, history and birthdays. On this, on this day in 1950, Rashomon, who was a Japanese Japanese film directed by Akira Kurosawa, starring Toshiro uh, Mifune and Machiko Kiyo, is, re is released. It won an honorary Academy Award in 1952. On the day in 1955, the 16th Venice Film Festival, as the movie Ordet, directed by Carl Theodore Dreyer, wins the Golden Lion. On the day in 1962, the 23rd Venice Film Festival, the movie Family Diary, directed by Valerio Zerlini, and Ivan's Childhood, directed by uh, Andre Tar Tarkovsky, jointly was awarded the Golden Lion. So two people won the, that award that year. On a stage in 1968, the 29th Venice Film Festival, Artist Under the Big Top, Perplexed, directed by Alexander Klug, wins the Golden Lion. On a stage in 1971, the 32nd Venice Film Festival opens. On a stage in 1979, the TV series Heart to Heart, starring Robert Wagner and Stephanie Powers, premieres in the United States, of course, on ABC. On a stage in 1991, the 43rd Emmy Awards, as the TV shows L.A. Law and Cheers, uh, as well as actress Christy Alley and actress Patricia Wedding uh, win Emmys that year. And on this day in 1992, Jamie Sollinger of Iowa was crowned the 10th Miss Teen USA. As we said here, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today, legendary actor Sir Sean Connery today will turn 91. And legendary director Tim Burton today turns 63. Uh, actor Paul Muni passed away on this date in 1967. I want to say 1955, Bella, Lug Bella Lugosi, best known as playing Dracula, who was 72 at the time, marries Hope Lininger, who was 36 at the time. I want to say 1968, the outlaw actress Jane Russell, who was 47 at the time, marries actor Roger Barrett, who was also 47 at the Community Presbyterian Church in Beverly Hills. On a state in the year 2000, Captain Picard himself, Star Trek The Next Generation's Sir Patrick Stewart, who was 60 at the time, marries film producer Wendy Noose, who was 39 at the time in Los Angeles. And on a state in 2002, Yasmeen Bleeth, best known for Baywatch, who was 34 at the time, Mary's strip club owner, Paul Cerrito, at Baccarat Resort and Spa in Santa Barbara, California. Um, let's see. Okay. Now we go to some music history and birthdays here. On a state in 1963, Paul McCartney is fined 31 pounds and given a one-year suspended license for speeding. On a state in 1967, the Beatles go to Wales to study trans transcendental Meditation, 
with Maharashi Maish Yogi. Yogi. I want to say 1970, Elton John's first U.S. appearance, which was the Troubadour. I guess the tour was called Troubadour, uh, which consisted of West. It was in West Hollywood, of course, in Los Angeles. I want to say 1973, Butch Trucks, uh, drummer for the Allman Brothers Band, breaks a leg in a car crash. On the state, 1975, Bruce Springsteen's landmark third album, Born to Run, was released. On the state, 1979, Mad Woman of Central Park West closes at 22 Steps, New York City, after 86 performances. On the state, in 1980, Gower Champions Musical 42nd Street opens at Winter Garden Theater, New York City, for 3,486 performances. And on the state, 1986, Warner Brothers releases Paul Simon's seventh solo album called Graceland, a blend of pop, African, Zydeco, and rock music, wins Grammy for Album of the Year in 1987, and sells over 16 million copies. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we said Billy Ray Cyrus today turns 60, and Elvis Costello today turns 67. Notable passings here. On the state in 1742, Jose Antonio Carlos de Sexas, a composer of Portuguese um, descent, passed away at the age of 38. On the state in 1773, Franz Nicholas Novonti, a composer of Austrian descent, passed away at the age of 29. On the state in 1774, Niccolo Gemelli, a composer of Italian descent, passed away at the age of 59. And on the state in 1791, Pietro Domenico Paradisi, who is also a composer, also passes away. We don't know how old he was, so we don't have an age. Uh, on the state in 1870, German composer, like we said, Richard Wagner, who was 57 at the time, marries the daughter of Franz Liszt, uh, Cosima Liszt, who was 32 at the time at a Protestant church in Lucerne, Switzerland. I'll say in 1928, architect Frank Lloyd Wright, who was 61, marries dancer and writer Olga Ivania. And I'll say in 1941, jazz musician Billie Holiday, who was 26 at the time, marries trombonist Jimmy Monroe. They divorced in 1947. Now let's check your sports history and birthdays right here. I'm going to say in 1804, as we said, Alicia Thornton becomes the first female jockey in England riding at Navsmere in Yorkshire. I'm going to say in 1875, Captain Matthew Webb makes the first observed and unassisted swim across the English Channel in 21 hours and 45 minutes. I'm going to say in 1895, U.S. National Championship Men's Tennis in Newport, Rhode Island, Fred Hovey. Beats defending champion Robert Wren, 6-3, 6-2, for his lone major singles title. On his day, 1904, champion James L. Jeffries scores a second-round technical knockout win over Jack Monroe in San Francisco. Jeffries retires after his seventh heavy, heavyweight boxing title defense. On his day, 1910, U.S. National Championship men's tennis in Newport, Rhode Island. William Lauren beats Tom Bundy 6157606861 for his fourth consecutive U.S. singles title. On his day, 1917 U.S. National Championship men's tennis, Forest Hills, New York. Robert Lindley Murray beats Nathaniel W. Niles 5786636363 for first of two straight U.S. singles titles. On his day, in on his day, of course, in 1920. American swimmer Norman Ross wins his first of three gold medals at the Antwerp Olympics in dominating men's 1,500-meter freestyle. Also also wins 400-meter freestyle and four times 200-meter freestyle relay. And on this date, also 1920, Ifelda uh, uh, Tree leads an Amer- American medal sweep of the Antwerp Olympics Women's 100-meter freestyle with a world record 113.6, the first fe- first U.S. female Olympic champion. Uh, on, on this birthday, today would have been the, uh, let me see here. Uh, today would have been the, let's see, 94th birthday of Althea, of Althea Gibson. I do believe she was a tennis star. Let me see. 
That's right. Yes. Uh, yes. He, uh, yeah. 94 years old. She passed away in 2003. Some passings uh, here that took place on this date. 1929 on this date, Frederick Burton, a cricketer of Australian dis descent, won the Aust Australian wicketkeeper, uh, was the Australian wicketkeeper from 1886 and 1887, passes away at the age of 63. On this day in 1939, Babe Siebert, a hot ice hockey player of Canadian descent, he was born in 1904. <clears throat> so he probably would have been about 35 when he passed, possibly, I think. On his day in 1945, Willis Augustus Lee, a, a World War II Admiral in the Guadalcanal. Uh, he was, of course, from America. And sports shooter, he was a, he won five Olympic gold medals in 1920. Dies of a heart attack at 57 while, be, while, being, ferried, while, while being ferried out to his flagship, the USS Wyoming, off of the coast of Maine. And on his day in 1965, we don't know how it was exactly, but uh, legendary baseball player Moon, Moonlight Grand passed away on the state, like I said, in 1965. If you remember correctly, he was one of the baseball players featured in the movie Field of Dreams. Who, of course, the older man, I think, was played by the legendary Burt Lancaster, if I'm not too much mistaken. And one wedding to talk about in sports on the state in 2007, hockey player Mike Madano of the Dallas Stars who was 37 at the time. Uh, Mary's Dancing with the Stars, Season 3 alumni Willa Ford, who was 26 at the time, in Athens, Texas. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it there with your uh, pop culture, history, and birthday reports here, of course, for today, uh, August the 25th. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go back to 411mania.com and check out, of course, some of the stories that they do have in terms of wrestling, of course, right here, we'll definitely repeat a lot of these stories um, coming up here on Revolution later on here this evening. Joseph Lee posted this story today as some more details come up on CM Punk's return and how much the roster actually knew about, I guess, about CM Punk. Fightful Select reports that most of the AEW roster did not know that CM Punk was actually going to be at AEW Rampage last week until he showed up at the United Center in Chicago. They had been talking about his return for weeks, but weren't told about it by Tony Khan or AEW, as he was listed and, re and referred to as guest. Punk was smiling and happy backstage and was said to be easy to talk to and get along with. He wasn't kept hidden from anyone and took pictures with the roster before his debut. <clears throat> Most of the roster was at, the, was at the curtain or by the monitors to watch the segment. After his TV spot, he did promo photos and other similar things, then went out with some of the roster and their friends. The entire roster wasn't present at Rampage, so some of them will meet Punk for the first time, obviously, tonight on Dynamite. Joseph Lee has this story right here, as WWE is pushing to get Walter on NXT more often. According to PW Insider, there have been some in WWE who are pushing for Walter to be featured on NXT TV more often after his match with Dragunov at TakeOver 36. It remains to be seen if this will actually happen or not. In the past, Walter has expressed his disinterest with leaving Europe. So, we'll just have to wait and see about what happens there. Joseph Lee posted this story right here, as Edge might be moving to the Raw brand very, very soon. Wrestling Inc. reports that on certain sections of the WWE shop website, Edge is listed as a Raw superstar instead of SmackDown, the brand who, that he's currently on. This could be a sign that he will be switching brands soon. He is, however, still listed as a SmackDown superstar on the roster page. So we'll definitely, of course, be taking a look, of course, there at that here tonight. <clears throat> this story came out here tonight. Um, as there is a lineup, we have a lot, the lineup for tonight's AW Dynamite, including, of course, more, more uh, CM Punk. Tonight's episode of AW Dynamite will feature CM Punk's first appearance on the program after appearing on Rampage last Friday. Of course, it is here is of course the uh, lineup for tonight. CM Punk makes his first Dynamite appearance. Chris Jericho to address his future. 
AEW Tag Team Eliminary Tournament as the Lucha Brothers will take on the Varsity Blondes. Jamie Hayter will take on Red Velvet. Malachi Black will take on Brock Anderson. Orange Cassidy will take on Matt Hardy. John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen will take on Cesar Bononi, Ryan Nemeth, and J.D. Drake. And also QT Marshall, Nick Comoroto, and Aaron Solo will take on the Gun Club. Of course, A on AEW's Instagram account, of course, there is a picture. Uh, of course, as you know, of course, the last labor of Jericho uh, was the match against MJF, and apparently Jericho did not pull the win off there last week. So he will obviously discuss his future in AEW based upon what happened, of course, last week. Uh, <clears throat> of course, here tonight, so we'll definitely hear a little bit more about that. Mike Lavelle posted this story last night as Drew McIntyre shares his reaction to CM Punk's return to pro wrestling with AEW. Drew McIntyre was recently interviewed by Pro Wrestling Bits ahead of WWE's SummerSlam, and one of the topics he discussed was his reaction to CM Punk making his return to pro wrestling on last week's AEW Rampage. When asked about what he thought of Punk's return, McIntyre mentioned that he was a fan of anything that was good for the current state of the industry via Fightful. Uh, this is what Drew said. Just anything that's good for wrestling, I'm all about. I was outside the company from 2014 to 2017, working the independence and also with Impact, just trying to make wrestling a healthier and better place. It's healthy right now. It's in an incredible place. Obviously, WWE is at, is at the top and leading the charge. Of course, some might kind of differ that. Anything that can make it better, I'm all about. It makes a positive difference. It's a thumbs up from me. As noted, Punk's appearance on Rampage brought in over 1 million viewers on TNT. So, folks, there you have it there, of course, here with uh, with some of your, uh, of course, uh, some wrestling news tidbits here. Of course, we may read some of these same stories on episode number 1033 of Revolution, of course, coming up here a little bit later on here tonight. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, I want to thank you very much here for listening here tonight. Episode number 268, WCWS Outside the Ropes. Of course, Mr. WCWS, Chad Henshaw here. Uh, I'm glad that you can make it here, make it in with us here, of course, tonight. We do, of course, uh, <clears throat> of course, once again, want to thank 411 Mania for allowing us to read their stories, of course, as always. And also, we want to thank, of course, the, of course, thank our friends at CNN for allowing, for allowing us to play their five things stories here, of course, courtesy of the Amazon Echo Dot, of course, here as well. And, of course, we hope to hear here tonight from some of our folks here on episode number 1033 of Revolution, of course, including, hopefully, of course, the Iceman, Jared D. Geralmo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, uh, mm-hmm. the Soul Man, Justin Lewis Fleming. Uh, we may get to hear once again from the King Clubs, Mitt Patel, among others. So we hope to hear from some more folks here, of course, here tonight. As we, of course, like I said, we'll address what happened with NXT after TakeOver 36. Also, of course, here we'll talk about the matches representing Raw from SummerSlam. We'll talk about them. And we'll try to get you in, of course, some results here as far as uh, tonight's edition of AEW Dynamite. You heard about some of the moments that will be taking place. We'll definitely do some talking about that coming up here uh, this evening, of course, here as, as well. So we're going to have a, we're going to have a whole lot of great stuff. Coming up here for you here a little bit later on here this evening. Uh, episode 268 of WCWS Outside the Ropes is a broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, six years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. I mean, your pop culture connection, excuse me. Uh <clears throat> Be sure to check out all of our groups, of course, here on Facebook, of course, including WCWS Dynasty, where, of course, are the 10 folks that took place in our prediction title challenge for both SummerSlam and TakeOver are currently competing, of course, for an opportunity to pick up one of 10 championship belts, of course, that will be, of course, decided here uh, by me, of course, here this coming Friday around Revolution. There's still plenty of time here to vote. Uh, one quick update here. I will go ahead and bring you uh, Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, Benjamin Sicily, and the Soul Man, Justin Lewis Fleming, have not received any votes here as of yet. But we hope to, of course, uh, get some votes for them coming up here, hopefully here soon. 
Also, of course, here, ladies and gentlemen, we now have a three-way tie for third place as Jordan Stuckless, uh, Robbie Thomas, and Alayla Peters are tied with one vote each. The Kia Clubs, Mitt Patel, and the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, are tied now for second with two votes. And Eddie Garza is still leading this battle royal, of course, obviously, with three votes. So hopefully we'll get, of course, like I said, there's still plenty of time to vote. You have until up until, of course, uh, Friday night's revolution, of course, to, of course, get those votes. And so just go to WWS Dynasty, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Dynasty Forever to get your votes in, of course, here, of course, here today. And, of course, uh, <clears throat> um, your votes going to determine which championship belt, of course, these, these fine folks here. Are going to take part in. Of course, we did. Of course, have a good, a good knockout, a good knockout mat, good knock him out match here. Uh, good totals, of course, here uh, combining, of course, the number of correct predictions here, of course, from uh, from both SummerSlam and Takeover. Um, but nevertheless, here, of course, we will, we will, of course, continue to monitor this, and of course, and be sure to get your more votes in, of course, here. Coming up here, uh, like I said, between now and Friday, uh, we can't wait to, of course, see who will be, of course, next in line uh, <clears throat> to get more votes. And also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we're still hoping to try to get that triple threat match in for the NXT US Million Dollar Championship, of course. Of course, the soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming, two weeks ago did win it on NWO Wolfpack, of course, now. Since the Iceman, Jared Geronimo, didn't get a chance to wrestle for it as it was originally planned. And automatically, the human suplex machine, John Gross, did, of course, earn a rematch. He did automatically earn a rematch. It has been officially decided that, of course, a triple, of course, like that's why we decided making it a triple threat here. Uh, we're kind of hoping to get that done here, of course, here this week. <clears throat> so... Like I said here, we also have several other matches in the works, including, of course, we still have the one stemming from our 1,000th episode celebration of Revolution, as the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, is scheduled to defend the, the, the WWUS Revolution Championship against the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, and hopefully we can get that going here, of course, here very, very soon here as well. Now, be sure to check out all of our other groups, of course, here on Facebook, as we continue to post tons of great stuff like classic stuff and, of course, wrestling news and every, and pop culture news, sport, and all that great stuff. Be sure to check out everything we've got here, of course, indeed. And please, be, please leave your thoughts and comments about everything that we post here. We'd love to hear your take on a lot of stuff that we post on all of our pages. <clears throat> also, check out all of our past episodes of all of our shows here, of course, here in the radio network. We'd love to hear what you have to say about... Uh, about every single, about every single one, of course, um, every single episode dating back to the very first revolution in 2015, up until, of course, like I said, uh, the recent episodes here, of course, here this year. Outside of the ropes, 268, as we said, as a broadcast of the WWUS radio network right here on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, six years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your pop culture connection. Of course, continue to stay safe out there, folks. Of course, we're now out of the woods as far as this pandemic is concerned. But please take every precaution necessary, of course, to, to stay safe out there. And of course, watch your safeguard, of course, your family and friends, of course, here very, very carefully here. Let's pray for all those affected by this, by, by this, of course, this invisible enemy. Of course, also, we continue to pray for the situation going on right now in Afghanistan and, of course, all other um, all other, of course, big-time uh, happenings, of course, here as well that's affecting our world as we know it, of course. All we can do simply, ladies and gentlemen, is sit back and shut our eyes and just simply just pray for, of course, a happy outcome to a lot of this. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for listening. Since 2015, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, the one and the only, ladies and gentlemen, the WCWS Radio Network. We'll talk to you on Revolution episode number 1033 coming up in an hour and a half. Have a great evening, folks.
the WCWS Radio Network. Have a good evening, folks. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.